is going on, everybody? Welcome into another episode of Cheers from the Press Box. I'm your host, Brennan Tassif, joined as always by my very good friend and co-host, Mr. Joe Dorville. What is going on, Brennan? What's up, man? I'm all right. Folks, How you doing? I just want to good? say this. You got a lot to get to. This guy, Brennan Tassif, what a what a guy. Ah, uh, yeah. What a guy. Uh, if you don't know, check out the now you know. We we uh we finally met up for the first time. It's a thick man, a thick man. Yeah. Right. <laughs> we were at the um, stand after a couple of drinks. You just kept going. I can't. I was thick, thick, a thick man. Craps, the the shoulders, the buys, everything popping. They, Zoom does not give it enough. Does not give him enough credit for the six days a week he's hitting the gym. Um, <laughs> it was very. Uh, I, I was I was I was fawning over him. Uh, a couple <laughs> of drinks hit me. I, I was in love with the man. I was I was I was taken by his charm. Um, yeah, you yeah. came to New York. You came to see the show, which came I greatly appreciate. I cannot tell you how much I appreciate it. I cannot tell uh, you how much you and Kyle I enjoyed Lord. it. I was like, you won't believe us, but we literally had discussions when we got back to the room. Like, thought it. I I said I said this. This is how you know it's real. I said, I felt like Tyler going into the first screening of groupers. Like, this could be bad, and I'm going to have to lie. And then me and Kyle walked out, and we were like, so glad it was really good. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't have to lie. (laughs) Well, I really appreciate it. I mean, you guys came from other states. You flew to come and see it, and I... I it was a it was a great time. I uh, first show was pretty emotional. You know, the family came to that one. Couple of things I just want to touch on. I know we're a sports show, but hey, this is com- this is competition. This this <laughs> industry. Uh, I didn't realize until after the fact when I had somebody pointed out that uh, maybe I shouldn't be inviting my family to watch a show about these kind of stories. I mean, potentially. <laughs> I mean, I didn't even think about it because I was like, no, I talk about it on stage in my stand-up. Like, my family knows me. Like, why wouldn't I tell this stuff on stage? And then I was talking to a, a friend of mine and she was like, you are so brave. And I was like, what <laughs> are you talking about? And she goes, I would never tell drunk stories to my family about me. And I was like, uh, oh, did I misread this again? Uh, I don't know. Um, I, I think that is that's the point. It's kind of the point of the story at, at this point in your life. You're an open book. And yeah. If you're going to hide that you hid so much from so many people before like at yeah, this I'm point if you're going to hide something like it it kind of goes back into the negative behavior yeah okay so we're all on the same because like when people said that like and then i didn't even think twice about it and then another friend of mine ryan thomas friend of x drinking buddy but friend of the show uh he said it yesterday he goes man that's crazy that you told those stories in front of your folks and i was like damn it <laughs> i mean the thing is i think most people wouldn't i think most yeah. people i um uh, Pete holmes had this idea and i told my brother it like as i started coming of age and i was like this is something i kind of want to like stop i don't want this to happen and it's normally people when they get back together with their family especially like if they move away when they get back with they, their family they kind of fall back into like the normal routine and tropes and like Hey, yeah. everything that happens outside of this like doesn't we exist. Don't talk about, yeah, yeah, like I don't have sex. I don't drink. I don't 
go partying and anything. That's a good like, point. Yeah, because I'm very much not that way. I'm on exactly. like you said, I'm an open book, so it's very much like oh, we're gonna talk about it. So yeah, so like with my brothers, I was like, hey, like. I'm not going to just be little brother anymore. Like, I can't just <laughs> put that skin back on. Like, no, that's not who I yeah. am. Like, I'm going to challenge you. I'm going to say shit that you're going to be like, what the fuck? Like, yeah, yeah, what the fuck now? Yeah, like, so this- I think that's what you did. And I think it's bold and it's brave. And I mean, yeah, most people wouldn't do it because most people don't have honest relationships with their family or with themselves. Yeah. Sort of. and that's something that I've learned over time, especially in my sobriety, is that there's so many, like, Whenever I share a story and people go, that's crazy. I'm always just like, am I the only one that this is happening to? <laughs> like, but then uh, through having the show or the, the other podcast, X Drinking Buddy, and then having friends who are, are more open and like don't do like you and, you know, full charge and stuff. They don't put this like cherry facade over everything. It's like, oh, no, this does shitty things happen to people in real life. And I mean, you talked about it when you came on X Drinking Buddy, you know, with your mom passing and stuff like that. It's yeah. like, yeah, shitty things happen. Um but it's just weird because when, especially in entertainment, you get all these people who are like, no, everything's great. Everything's yeah. great. It's great. It's always great. It's going to be great all the time. I was like, like a very Tom Papa kind of a bit. Everybody says like, oh, I would never do that. I would never say it in front of people. But the thing is, it, it the, the bravery is doing a while there in the room because people record specials. Do you think your parents just never sees it? Like- yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot harder when they're in the room. Exactly. I wanted to, uh, we got to talk about some things off mic about uh, logistics, but I did want to thank you for coming. You came to the second show, which was a lot more loosey goosey, a lot more fun, a lot more laughs at the second show. Uh, first show, a lot more crying, same show, <laughs> which is weird how that can happen. Really? Just depending on the audience. Um, and yeah, but something else did happen this weekend. What's that? We had some football. We had some sports going on. So for those of you who are new to the program, we might end up cutting all that. Uh, no, I'm keeping all that. That was a great discussion. <laughs> that, and that's um, like an insight to uh, what X-Dragon Buddy is, honestly. Yeah, that's true. So welcome to Cheers from the Press Box. I am your host, Brennan Tassif. If you're new to the program, quick rundown on the show. We're going to hit all the major topics and all the major sports, mainly NFL and NBA uh, this week. Then we will get into the quick hits where we touch on some tertiary topics. Only a couple games going on, so we might actually do, a, would say, a short episode, but it's originally the time we were shooting for, 45 minutes to an hour, so a regular episode. Uh, we've been going a little long lately, but we've got stuff to talk about. So we'll start this week the same way we do every week. Joe! Ready to return the opening kickoff. Perfect way to kick off. Here we go. Also, one more thing. One more thing. Podcasting really and stand up really fucked me as far <laughs> as like knowing. Because in stand up, it's like quick, get to the punchline, get to the punchline, like as few word as, words as possible, yada, yada, yada. And then in podcasting, you know, I talk fast, but that yeah. for podcasting, that's good because we're having a conversation. Yeah. And then when I went to do the one man show, my director kept being like, slow, slow down. down. <laughs> and I'm like, God damn it. Um, so, yeah, let's talk NFL. Huge games this weekend. Huge games. Uh, we're going to talk about Cincy, Kansas City first, just because I know you have a lot more to say about Philly. Okay. If I'm not mistaken. All right. Um. So Cincinnati I was going goes with the the better of the two games second. That's okay. Then we'll start San Francisco Philadelphia because yeah. I didn't know if you want to do that one last because it was <laughs> nah, your team. I could breeze through this one. Yeah, uh, the most game the was story, over at seven oh two in the first quarter. Yeah, I was right. say, most of the story is uh, most of this game's discussion starts with went to the stand on Saturday night. Yes, and Brennan's bartending buddy, I can't remember his name. No, John Slack. John Slack. Uh, Said, oh, Brennan asked him, hey, do you know a Philly bar? He says, yes. 
I do. Bait and hook on great Philly bar. 14th and second. It's like, okay. Get right, off, right down the street from here. Get off of Union Square. Just go all the way down to Second Street. And you're good. Avenue. Second Avenue, sorry. Me and Kyle do this. We get there and we're like, huh, there's paper on the windows. This is only an hour before the game, too. This it's not a, like you're is, buying a lot is of like time. An hour before the game. Paper on the windows. Chairs are all up. Doors appear to be locked. We Google it. Permanently closed. This place Ow. has been permanently closed. And we're like, oh, wow. Okay. We start Googling other Philly bars. There's one like way far away. I had been nursing effectively. What may be an ACL tear, maybe an LCL sprain. Who knows? My knee is killing me. By the way, my voice is hoarse because of uh, the events that followed all this story. Uh, <laughs> we start walking towards the subway because we were going to try to go to another Philly bar. And I said, Kyle, be honest with you, man. I don't know if I can make it. <laughs> Let's just pop into the Winslow. Shout out to the Winslow. Let's just Shout pop in Winslow. here. It's a it's a Buffalo bar, but I see people sitting. Nobody seems to have any kind of affiliation. Let's just go in here. Let's just watch the game, me and you. Like, you know, via con Dios. We get in there. We sit at the bar. The lovely bartender. I never got her name. Um, she tells us, "Oh, the bait and hook has been closed for over a month." I said, this is the last time I trust a man with a child to give me a bar <laughs> recommendation. Well, that's the thing. So John's <laughs> son is about six months old. So he hasn't really been going out this season to watch the games. Uh, on occasion, he'll go to a game or he'll go to like, you know, he's friends with some bigger comics that are all big Philly fans. So he'll watch the game with them. But I don't think he's gone out to a bar to watch a game in like over a year. Yeah. So. Yeah, that, that's what I said right then and there. He but said it with so much confidence. He said it with such conviction. He goes, oh, yeah, 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 bait and hook. It's literally like a few blocks I away. I was like, I'm going to get some seafood tomorrow. Like, this is going to be good. You were excited. You go, that sounds like a seafood place. Is that a seafood <laughs> place? It sounds like a seafood place. <laughs> All right. But the game itself. So this game was, this game came down to two things, coaching and defense. Um. On Philly's first drive, I mean, everybody's seen everything by now, so I'm not going to get into the minutiae of the game. Just going to hit some of the bigger moments. And the first drive, fourth and three, uh, I think we went on two fourth downs, but yep. the fourth and three in the red zone, pass up to Devonta Smith. I was like, huh. I, I was like, oh, my gosh, that's an amazing catch. But I don't know if he caught that because I was like, man, that was just – it looked so weird. He stretched out and everything. I'm, okay, I guess he caught it. But then I noticed him getting up and like immediately calling for the offense to get together. Yeah. And not calling for like a I was like, or a huh. challenge or anything like that. Yeah. And they ran a play and they ran a play quick. And Kyle was like, oh, that play was kind of a dud because the play like just flamed out immediately. And but I said, Kyle, it. they ran that play very quickly. Something, something's up. I was like, I feel like Shanahan's going to wish he challenged that. Then we finally saw the reverse angle where that ball, ball hits the was ground. definitely on the ground. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I don't, I mean, I know you got to have your replay guy up in the booth and everything. It's a, that's what Kyle was saying. It's more of a staff collapse because you're supposed to have a sky in the eye 
on your team. Eye in the sky, yeah, absolutely. But I was like, but, I mean, you're on the sideline. Once you see Devontae Smith doing, like, a hurry-up signal after he gets up. You throw the challenge flag. You throw the challenge flag because if he's not confident in it, then it's probably not a kick. Well, there was another thing, too, that going into halftime where Josh goes in and Shanahan's like, no, like, they complete that first pass. He's like, we're going for it. Like, let's go. And then he fumbles the snap. Yeah, he fumbled the snap. Uh, well, before we, get to Josh, back, it's like, before we even get to Josh, uh, on the San Francisco's first drive, uh, that vaunted pass rush and Hassan Reddick, the monster that he is, uh, gets to Brock Purdy, and it initially is ruled a uh, incomplete pass. And then I'm like, I feel like that. I feel like that's a. I feel like that's a fumble. I feel like he let the ball go and then pushed it forward. And you know what, Sirianni. Through the challenge flag. That drive ended up resulting in nothing, but we got the fumble. But just the conviction and the belief in your players to throw that challenge flag was, to me, the difference at that point. And then that's when Brock Priory suffered his torn UCL, going to need Tommy John, and he was out for the rest of the game. And it made the game, I mean, it made a bit of the first half a little on edge. I mean, the rest of the first half was on edge because they still have a good defense, and they were yeah. doing what they were doing. Um, we eventually got a late score uh, towards the end of the first half, and then, like you said, Josh Johnson's fumble going into the half ended up getting a third score. Um, and that and that's more or less what I was um, suggesting last week when I said we'd win this game by double digits, which we did. Um, we'd be getting after their offense. I don't think their offense could do much. Like Debo, Debo was a non-factor. Brian yeah, Ayuk really was a non-factor. I mean, it's hard to say well, then, that yeah. when, when you know their guy go out. But McCaffrey had one good run. Um, but once we were able to pack the box and say, "All right, if you're gonna try to throw, like, go for it," it's kind of over at that point. So it was, yeah, it was an easy breezy win. Um. I lost my voice because, you know, I was just happy. By the way, the Winslow eventually just turned into a Philly bar. Like, Did it? Yeah, I'm walking back from the bathroom. I'm seeing people with uh, uh, McNabb jerseys and Reggie Hell White yeah, jerseys. That's your guy, man. So I'm, I'm like dabbing folks up. Like, yeah, it was, it, was, it became very, very uh, raucous, as you can imagine. Yeah, yeah, that game was over by the first quarter. Uh, Brock Purdy did start four for four though, so still on his perfect did. streak. He was, a, he was, I mean, unbelievable. I, All right. I think Josh Johnson was like two for two. <laughs> Let's talk about the real game, the big game: Kansas City at home, welcoming the Cincinnati Bengals. See, I was, te- I was just teeing you up, and then good job. This guy's in the biz, I tell you. Um. We're at Burrowhead for this game. Uh, not so much Burrowhead. This uh, brings up so many questions. The Bills did, or the uh, Bengals, did they go from nobody believes in us to way too much shit talking? A little lower confidence. Jesus little, Christ. Yeah, they went from nobody <laughs> believes in us to, uh, hey, guys, why don't you calm it down a little it's, bit? Uh, it was bad. Uh, game. Kansas City ends up winning this game 23-20 to 20 in uh, Patrick Mahomes fashion. Final drive, last 30 seconds. Yeah. Yeah. Insane. Uh, I feel bad for Joseph Asai. Uh, he wears my yeah. name. Uh, bad penalty at the end. That there. was, yeah, fourth quarter. They're uh, driving down the field. Uh, Kansas City's, nobody knows. I mean, I don't assume a lot of people know who Joseph Asai is, but if you saw the game, he's a defense uh, defensive lineman yeah. for uh, the Bengals. 
and Mahomes is trotting out of bounds. He's like he two steps out of bounds. He, yeah, he <laughs> touches him. And then Mahomes does like a Lionel Messi. He, oh he, he, gave him, he, gave him a, he gave him a good push, but Mahomes did throw his hands in the yeah, air. Yeah, he gave him a shot. It was um, a good so they, push, but, but he, he was two steps out of bounds. Like you can't, exactly. you can't touch can't him. Touch him. You can't touch him. So they get the penalty, which extends the drive, and then they end up kicking that field goal uh, late in the game. The thing that um, I kind of wanted to give props to the Bengals about, though, was... The fact that it was 2020 going into 30 seconds left in the fourth quarter. Yeah. They were Kansas City for being a team that everyone's like, oh, they're going, they're on their way to the Super Bowl, has been in close games this whole playoff. I think not just this whole playoffs, this whole year. I think yeah. how, how many games would they have played by this time? Like 20, right? Uh yeah, 20. 20? No, 19 because 19 they had the bye. So against the spread, I believe they are well, I don't know with this game, but prior to this game, I think they were like six and thirteen. Like they're terrible. They don't they haven't blown anybody out really. Yeah, I did hear. Year. Yeah, cousin Sal was talking about that on uh, Bill Simmons show. Yeah, so they've played a lot of close games this year, and I mean, credit to credit to uh, Patrick Mahomes. We'll talk a little bit more about him later on, but um, credit to him, man. He he went out there, gutted it out with a with a high ankle sprain, um, and. He lost eventually his like top three receivers. It was him, Kelsey, and Valdez Scantling. <laughs> he like they had nothing else going towards yeah. the end of that game, and he was hitting darts. I mean, he's one of the most impressive throwers I've ever seen. I, he is uh, he is at that point. I mean, this is only your fifth year starting. Let's not forget. But he's like he's Aaron Rodgers like because I remember like. I remember seeing Aaron Rodgers throw. I mean, it's not even too long ago, like last year. Aaron Rodgers would make a throw, and it's like, Jesus, only two other people can make a pass into that tight window and that timing and that space. And that touchdown to Valdez Scanling, it's like he's stepping in the pocket, about to get hit, darts it in there. The, the, the corner is just a second late, and Valdez Scanling is sitting in the end zone on his ass with a touchdown. Yeah. It's like, Jesus Christ. Eight and twelve um, against the spread since last year. Eight and twelve against the spread. But okay, so the thing I was gonna say was, uh, I I'm I I hate the media. I hate the media because Joe, you know we're technically a part. of I know, media. I know, and you know what? I I do my due diligence on here though. But it's been two years in a row. I've had to root against Joe Burrow, not because I don't like yeah, him. Yeah. But it's it goes back to what I said why he couldn't win the Super Bowl last year. If he won the Super Bowl in his first full year starting, the hype would have been too overblown. And then we he he doesn't win that game. Has a great season this year. Goes into a game with Patrick Mahomes. His teammates is calling it Burrowhead. The fucking mayor of Cincinnati is getting way over his skis, talking about paternity tests and whatnot. About uh, he's t Patrick Mahomes' daddy. And it, it just I goes on. Oh. He said there should be a paternity test? He said there should. He did, like, several online social media things. It was very agonizing and annoying. But <laughs> it just goes back to, like, what I was saying last year, how if Joe were to win the Super Bowl, the, the amount of groundswell to coronate him would be outrageous, oversized. 
And overwhelming. Overwhelming. And in that loss, I mean, he gained a ton of immense amount of respect, um, had a great season this year. And then we came to the point where they're about to play and people are saying he's better than Patrick Mahomes. Like, it blew my mind when I'm hearing people, credible people, allegedly, on TV, day in, day out, say, oh, Patrick Mahomes is more talented, but Joe Burrows is the best quarterback in the NFL. Guy's been in the league for two full seasons, has two number one receivers. Let's not forget that fact. Yeah. Um, and what, what does it mean to be – if you're – if you play the same position as another player and they're considered more talented than you are, how are you then the best at that position? Because apparently that guy is greater than you skill-wise. Are you a better tactician? Uh, you don't have better numbers than him. Like, what? what is this thing yeah, now well, the other that... the thing, too, that's weird about it is um, the... Uh... The oh, like we talked, like you said, the overhype with Burrow, but it always comes towards the end of the season. So it's like, remember the beginning of the season when you threw we five like, picks oh. in a game? Yeah, we're like, oh, that offensive line can't hold up. If they don't turn this around, they're going to be. They were like three. They were like, excuse me, they, they were, were like 0 and one two. and three. Oh, and two, and then like one and three yeah. to start the season. And we're like, oh, if they don't turn this around, this is going to be bad. This could get ugly. And then going into the playoff game, everyone's like, Joe, Joe Shiesty, here comes yeah. Joe Burrow, Joe Cool. Best man to ever put on a uniform. I'm like, Jesus Christ. I want to love him, but the media's obsession with white quarterbacks and the dearth of white quarterbacks in the last couple of years has gotten out of control and oversized, and they want him to be better. They want him to be better than Patrick Mahomes the same way they want Josh Allen to be better than Patrick Mahomes. They want all these, yeah. these guys to be better than Patrick Mahomes because they, they don't. It's just it's I, I don't say they don't want Patrick Mahomes to be great, but they're so used to Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Aaron Rodgers, the quarterback looking a certain way and them understanding the position a certain way that yeah. this guy who has an insane completion percentage outside the pocket, they can't wrap their heads around him just being a better quarterback and the quarterback position evolving past just drop back and throw like Joe Burrow moves around. He, he's not as mobile or uh, he doesn't move around in the pocket as much as well, he doesn't Patrick have the same Mahomes. arm talent. He can't throw like the sidearm exactly. balls and he can't do the jump passes. So it's like it, 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 it's it's I mean, this is not the greatest word, but they're kind of fetishizing Patrick Mahomes like, oh, he's this exotic thing. He does all these elaborate things. But if we just ask him to drop back and throw the ball, he's not more skilled at Joe Burrow than that. And it's like, no, he is. He did it all on a yeah. hobbled leg in the, in the championship game against that guy yeah, one who has a better team. Uh, Burrow has a less offensive line, and he ended up getting taking five sacks, had two picks. And that's how that happened for him. Felt like I, it felt like he got hit like 25 times. Uh, he got hit every time he dropped back, it felt like. But, yeah, it, it, it just – I just want next season to, like, reasonable expectations for Joe Burrow. Like, we don't have to make him God's – we don't have to Justin Herbert him. We don't have to make him God's gift to quarterbacking. We yeah. can just have him be a really good quarterback on a really good team, and then maybe I can actually root for him – and it not feel like I'm turning my back on my people. Because <laughs> every time the guy is up, it's like, oh, here's the second coming of the greatest thing for the next 20 years. And it's like, wait, there's a guy named Patrick LeVon Mahomes II who like, exists in this universe. Like, 
We're watching Michael Jordan. A billion dollar quarterback. We're watching yeah. Michael Jordan, and we and we keep getting infatuated with fucking John Stockton. It's killing. I was me. gonna say Clyde Drexler, but yeah. <laughs> All right, who you got? This brings us to the main event. Nope. Kansas City. We'll pick it. Philadelphia Eagles. We'll pick it next huh? week. We'll pick it next week. We have a week. Oh, yeah, because we got two weeks. Sit and ruminate. Let's not get ahead of our skis. Let's not, let's not throw the baby out with the bathwater. You even wrote, you even wrote, I we'll did. pick the game I next did. week. And I just saw pick the game. And I was like, where we at? <laughs> oh. All right. We'll talk more about it next week. Big news. Big breaking news just happened moments ago. I want us to get into um, Tom Brady. Retired officially. What um, are you are you buying it? Because let me just say my piece real quick. I think Tom is retired. He had this big fanfare last year, so he even said in his post like you only get that one time. So he's just gonna like send out a message on Twitter and Instagram, which is cool. But if San Francisco or another team in the NFL gets into a, another contending team gets into a position like they were this year, I think he's coming back. I don't think he's coming back. I didn't think he was Halfway coming back. Halfway through the season, on their third quarterback. I didn't think he was coming back last year. I was stunned by the well, reversal. Well, wrong so far, so. <laughs> I was stunned by the reversal, but I contend. One, father time, undefeated. Two, once you start thinking about retirement, you put it, the, the, the thought in your head, you got to just call universe, it. Yeah. You just got to call it a career, man. And I think... Uh, I think he had that come to Jesus moment where it's like, I did all that. I worked my ass off. And we still lost. I came back. Not I lost. Not I got my head caved in. We won our division at like eight and nine. Like, yeah. It doesn't feel good. Like, I put, I respect this game and this craft way too much. To be mediocre. Yeah, I agree. Like, <clears throat> yeah, you can. We can talk about him. You know, ended up in a few of the top five uh, statistical categories for quarterback this year. But that wasn't out of Tom Brady greatness or Tom Brady dominance. That was out of necessity, and encapsulated in that last game where he throws the ball sixty six times, the most he's ever in his career. They had no running game. So everything was on his 46-year-old shoulders. And you can see in the way he played how quickly he got the ball out. He he never wanted he was averse to being touched. He was averse to being breathed on. That interception in that cowboy game, he's throwing the ball and cowering away because the defender is in his vicinity. Like you can't play the, you can't play scared. You got yeah. you can't play scared. And You're absolutely right. We wish Tom Brady the best. I mean, the GOAT, greatest quarterback, greatest football player, some would say, to ever live. Um, Seven championships. The best winner is yeah. my distinction for him. Uh, in a world where winner. Jim Brown, Bo Jackson, Emmett Smith, Jerry Rice uh, all exist. Emmett, you're going to put Emmett up there with Jim Brown? Emmett's up there for, I mean, look. Jim Brown, best in his position ever. I put Bo Jackson yeah. there. He had like a shortened career, but he's just a physical yeah. specimen. Well, because he had that weird hip injury. Yeah, he had that hip injury. But um, Bo Jackson, nah, nah, nah. Jim Brown, Jerry Rice, best to ever do it at their position. Oh, um, yeah. Emmett, Emmett's up there. Longevity. I mean, he ended up getting. Yeah, the that's the thing Russian with Emmett. Record. It was more longevity than anything else. He just played every single game. Um, so. 
Do you want to do? I saw you put this in the rundown. Do you want to do that next week? Because we don't have any games. Uh, that'll give us something to talk about for football. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, you know what? Because I, I thought I don't know why I thought the awards were a week ahead, but no, the awards are like the day before, right? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah, we could push that. So we'll do the rate. We're gonna go over our, and plus I want to do a little more research for that because I've been busy with the move in this show. I want to actually give it some thought. Uh, so we're gonna do our regular awards season predictions next week. Moving on to the NBA. <laughs> The hell bum, bum. <laughs> what happened? Oh, I heard it twice. I don't have music thing. I didn't hear it at all. Yeah. That's crazy. I did it. Don't worry. We've had some serious technical difficulties. Again, I moved apartments and my technical. Yeah, and he didn't have any of the flawless. technical difficulties. I don't have any annoying. issues at all. Joe's annoying. in the same apartment he's been in for weeks now. It's very annoying. I don't know what happened. Do you have your own internet yet? Nope. It's a later discussion. <laughs> I just had to come see you, all right? What the hell? Yeah, that's true. That's true. A lot of money Um, spent, buddy. Moving on to the NBA. Who you got in the MVP debate? I'll tell you who I got. No surprise here. The Joker. Third time in a row. Um, I don't know, though. Embiid's making a case lately. Can I say? I want to say this one thing. Um, Through more recent history with the MVP discussion, uh, Luka Doncic is making a very good case. But he's playing heliocentric basketball. The team's not awesome. I mean, they're not terrible, but they're not great. So I, I don't, I don't know. I like Lou, I like the Joker. Uh, I predicted before the season that it would be Giannis because they would be on some sort of war path to prove they're the best team in the East, and Boston's still the best team in the East. So who do you have right now for your top three or four for the MVP discussion? Oh, uh, you said a lot of good names. You said a lot of good names. There are a lot of good names out there. Um, I don't know. I'm still a bit undecided. Durant was kind of towards the top of my list, but then when he got that, yeah, injury once he picked up he his injury, it's kind of like yeah, yeah. it's kind of over there. Um, all right, I, I'm just gonna throw some numbers at you, and you just you know, uh, because all four of these guys, all five of these guys, have legit, you know. Uh, uh, arguments for themselves. 31 and 12. And five dimes. Luca? Giannis Antetokounmpo. Giannis Antetokounmpo. 31, 12, and five. My lord. Uh, I figured those rebounds would be higher. Luca. Oh, God. Luca, 33, 8, and 8. Really, thirty three nine and eight because eight point nine on his boards. My goodness, he, but he's leading every statistical category for his team. I mean, yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. If we're going by the Harden Russ model, like when they won their MVP, yeah. then that makes sense. Yeah. Thirty one eight and four. It's Jason Tatum. I was gonna say that's dimension. not it's not a big boy. It's not it's not a big guy, but man, Jason Tatum has been Tatum's playing. got too much help around that. Team. He's got a lot of help. I mean, the problem my thing is help doesn't diminish your contribution. That's true. And if you are the kind of player that elevates everyone else, then all of a sudden I, I take I rescind that because there are players all the time where we go, oh, they're doing it all by themselves. And then when there's players who like get everyone else involved, we're like, oh, they have too much help. It's like, well, they have help because they're getting everyone else involved. Yeah. It's like you can't you can't punish them for doing, you know, something good. As my PR firm likes to say, press begets press. You know what I'm saying? Uh Joel Embiid, 33, 10, four dimes, and 
nearly two blocks a game. Yeah. He's always high with the blocks. That's always been his thing. And then <laughs> and then a man averaging a triple double. 25, 11, the and Joker. 10. It's it's insane. I mean, you got you got Tatum and uh Joker as the two best teams in the East and the West. Um, yep. I think Boston holds it over. Oh, no, they're tied now, actually. Oh, no, Boston has one less loss. So their win percentage is 706. Denver's win percentage is 686. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's slicing oranges at this point. Uh, that's not a phrase that anyone said. Yeah, I don't Again, know what still, that means. Still travel brain. Still travel <laughs> brain. Um, yeah, uh, you're, you're, we're parsing, we're, we're splitting hairs, splitting <laughs> that's, hairs. That's what I was looking for. <laughs> we're splitting hairs. Uh, all these guys are supremely talented. All these guys are deserving of it. Um, the, the rest of the season is really going to enlighten, um, what it is and what, uh, and how valuable they are to their team. Um, or who's the best player in the league right now? You know, who's contributing the most? Uh, Luca, I mean, Luca's a darling. We all know that. And without him, his team would be nothing. If we're going to do the replacement theory model, like take him off that team, what does that team look like? Oh, my God, it's garbage. Um, yeah, the team. They miss Brunson, though, for sure. Oh, for sure. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, it's a tough battle. It, 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 and this kind of dovetails into the next thing we're talking about. There's so there's been 19 50 point games, a couple by a couple of these guys on here. Um, yep. Some people are saying this is bad for the league. Some people are saying it's good. What do you think, Brennan? Uh, I think it's good for the league. I think it's uh, shows a lack of defense, but especially in basketball, nobody cares about defense. I mean, I care, but not a lot of people care about defense. They want to see high scoring games. Um, I think it does. So I think it's good for eyeballs. I think it diminishes the sport. Does that make sense? I think it's good for the game in the sense of popularity and, oh, my God, did you see this guy go off? But I think as, like, purists to the game, they're going to be like, no, this is, like, this is stupid. This is not how basketball should be played. It's funny you say that, actually, because uh, this was a question uh, posed on H- uh, around the horn yesterday night. That doesn't exist anymore. Uh, and Bob Ryan was asked, a NBA purist a lifer some would say and he actually likes it because it's not what's happening is not actually a uh dearth of defense what's happening is just the skill level has gotten to a point where some people are just can be unstoppable on a given night it's a rebirth of offense it, it's a, it's essentially it, the pace has gone way up. People are playing a faster game, a looser game, and you have such skill by some of these top players that if they're hot one night, you really can't stop them. <laughs> so yeah. I think it's good for the game because, like you said, it's it's eyeballs, it's catchy, but it just demonstrates the amount of skill night in, night out, any game you're clicking around the tube. I mean, the, the, this... In the last, what, two, three years, I want to say literally since probably the pandemic, the NBA has been as open as it's ever been. Like, you feel like so many people have a chance to the point where Boston was on teetering on blowing it up last year at 500 yeah. at the end of the at the end of the 
the calendar year going into the new year and then they surge their way all the way to the NBA championship. So yeah, no, I think the Which NBA was crazy. I think the NBA is oddly enough at its healthiest right now. Uh, that it's been in a long time because kind of like we were saying with Luca and the Mavs, the NBA became heliocentric and it's still to a degree. I mean, if LeBron does yeah. anything, it's going to rate all the charts, but I mean, we just talked about five guys being up for MVP that it didn't even include John Morant. <laughs> That's nuts. Didn't, we didn't even talk about John Morant. Uh, we brought up Kevin Durant, but he's hurt right now. Like Donovan Mitchell is still out there. You, uh, Kawhi Leonard has been looking good uh, in his uh, bit of return. Uh, Steph Curry, since he's come back, the Warriors shot up to fifth in the in the West now. So it's like there's. Every, both sides, East and West, are about four to five teams deep on who can make it to the finals. And that is not something I think we legitimately ever thought. It was always like, okay, the top yeah. two teams, East and West, that's probably it. And we're probably giving one of those teams the benefit of the doubt. It's really like three teams. And now it's like, flip a coin. Dealer's yeah. choice. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. I think it's one of those things where, uh, yeah, it's just it's the I do get a little frustrated with the high scoring just because, though, I'm I don't know. It's it's one of those things where it's just evolving. The game's evolving. And I guess I'm an old curmudgeon. Get off my lawn. But Bob Ryan's the oldest curmudgeon. I know. Because he's I was like stunned 100. when he was, he was like, I like yeah. it. I have no problem with it. And I was like, whoa, I wanted to um, I wanted to bring this up because you're a big, huge Philadelphia Eagle, Philadelphia Eagle fan. Uh <clears throat> the surging Sixers. So that's exciting. Uh, surging Sixers. Do you think that's going to take away from the the Eagles, or that's a football town? Oh no, that's a football town. They'll eventually hop on on what February thirteenth or fourteenth yeah, day after. Eh, actually, yeah. probably not even a day after. If they win, they'll probably hop on like a week after after the parade yeah. and everything. Um, but I think this actually just. I think it's great that the Eagles are doing what they're doing and the Sixers are surging at this time. Um, mind you, I, be, I believe I had Joel Embiid for uh, MVP of the year, by the way. I just want to throw that back out there. I had uh, Doc Rivers' first coach. Yeah, you fired. did. It you looked, did. <laughs> that, you called me crazy. And I called you crazy. And the season, you it looked, looked good, right. And then, yeah. <laughs> you looked 100% and never right happened. for a second there. Uh, I talked to a huge Philadelphia. 76ers I was about to say you had a Sixer, and he said he hates Doc Rivers. <laughs> yeah, hates him. That was funny listening to that. Oh yeah, I forgot we talked about that on the show. Yeah, it was on the yeah. show. Yeah, um, but yeah, so I think similarly, similarly, how um, the Phillies and what they were doing kind of rolled right into the Eagles uh, as far as the city like getting behind it. I mean, I'll, the city was always going to get behind the Eagles once they once they're good, but um, it kind of just. The continued push. I mean, you had the Phillies in the championship. You have the Eagles in the championship. I don't know. Maybe it's Phillies year. Like a couple years ago, we had Tampa. Tom Brady wins. The Rays get to the World Series. You had the Dodgers in the World Series who won it. And you had the Lakers who won it. Like, I don't know. Maybe these things come in like droves for a region. Like you had a couple years ago, I believe Boston was, I think the Red Sox won, the uh, Patriots won, and I think the Bruins Either one or were extremely close. Um, 
They came close. Or the I Celtics were, were close at that point. That might have been when the Celtics lost to the Cavs that year uh, when uh, they got to the Eastern Conference Final in Jason's rookie year. Um, so, yeah, maybe maybe these They things... got to three out of four conference championships. I know. Yeah, yeah, yes. Because um, you were like, those were the most overblown, overrated. Come on. Um, we knew who was going to win. We knew who was going to win. But... Uh, yeah, it, it, it's it's crazy to see like one city kind of having this sports renaissance in a way. Like no one thought the Phillies were going to be. People oh, yeah, predicted the Phillies. the Phillies were going to be good, but then they started also terrible. Fired their coach, and then yeah. they made it all the way to the World Series. The Eagles look. My I tempered my expectations. I, I wanted one playoff win, and now we're in the Super Bowl with a second year coach, uh, and now Doc Rivers. After a, an abysmal start, I mean, if not for the Brooklyn Nets providing the shield to the 76ers to finally yeah. figure all their shit out, uh, we would have been talking about, you know, Doc being on the hot seat a little more. Um, but everything that was going on in Brooklyn with Nash and Duran and Kyrie kind of like just dwarfed the, uh, the media narrative at that point. And yeah, the Sixers were able to figure out all their little kinks and now they're in contention for the top seed in the East. So who knows, man? I'm not saying they're going to get there because, look, they failed every time, and it kind of makes yeah. me laugh because the Sixers are just like – because just because of the trust the process aspect of it, and if you know anything about me, I'm very anti-process trusting. Um, you, you go for broke. You don't, yeah. you, don't, you, don't, you don't lay there and die. You go for broke. So – all right, let's move on to the quick hits. Quick. I wasn't ready. And you'll be surprised how quick. And quick. Name it hits. Quick hit. All right, we have some coaching news in the NFL. Sean Payton takes over for the Denver Broncos vacant position. D'Amico Ryans takes over for the Houston Texans. Uh, real quick, Joe, who you got? Who you think is going to be more successful out of the gate and then long term? Um, I think... D'Amico is going to be more successful out of the gate in the long term because it appears as if this is a job he actually wanted where it looks like for Peyton, this is a job he settled on because he was tired of not coaching this year. Um, because I feel like it felt as if he was going to take another year off and just wait yeah, for the I Cowboys thought. job. Yeah, I thought he would have just waited for the Cowboys job next year, but he kind of just leaped at this job um, or at least the Chargers job in the event that Staley fucked up. Um, but yeah, once coaches started getting picked up, or when teams started like finalizing deals, I was like, so are we not gonna, is he just gonna, yeah, it's probably, we're best just gonna for, let this happen. Like, it's probably best for him to just like kill then. Yeah, that's what yesterday. I thought too. I think, uh, Sean's going to have more success initially just cause he has the more veteran team. Yeah. Uh, but I think D'Amico is going to have more success long term because he's a player's coach. Players want to play for him and. He's a fresh face. He has fresh ideas. He's going to be able to... T I think he's going to be able to turn this Texans team around. And I mean, they had... They had a few coaches in before. And I heard... They had a few coaches it? in before? They fired two black guys right before they hired another black guy. So. No, it was... um, Who's... I mean, yes. I'm The, the point I'm going to make is... Well, Bill O'Brien? You trying to go to Bill O'Brien? No, no, no. Not the coach. Somebody on ESPN oh. had said... Uh, I, it was one of the hosts of one of the shows. She said that... Uh, she goes, yeah, it's almost like they had two black just figureheads in there. Yeah. 
because they knew they were going to fire both of them. And now it feels like maybe, no, that's what it was. It was NFL Live. And it was, uh, yeah, okay, got it. It's Ryan Clark. Ryan Clark. Okay. Said it. I was uh, like, okay, I know the He was talking cast. to the, the host. That's why her face was in my. Uh, Laura Rutledge uh, was in your head. Yeah. Um, but he, yeah, there was two, black, they were basically figureheads. They were basically, uh, what do they call it? Uh, uh, when you burn the thing, Burning Man. Like, you know, you're going to light it off. No, what do they call it? Uh, House of Cards, whatever it's called. Um, but now they have Domingo Ryan's, and this dude is seems like they're going to give him what he needs. Not to say the other coaches are bad coaches, it's just they weren't giving them the resources. I think they'll give D'Amico the resources because they want him long-term. I think the last two coaches did insanely... Wicker Man! Wicker Man is what uh, I was trying to say. I think the last two coaches did insanely over what anybody expected from either, either of them. I mean, what? Uh, yeah, seven wins between the two of them, and yeah, people probably predicted one win. Teams have gone zero and sixteen before in the NFL, so to get seven wins with that squad, I mean, the Bears went like what two and something, two and three 15, and uh, three 14. And fourteen, like yeah, and they went three thirteen and one this year, yep. like a tie, baby, a tie, baby. Um, Frank Wright also got a new. Uh, I'm just gonna touch on this one real quick because I kind of got annoyed. Frank Wright got hired by the Panthers, right? Very fast for a retread on Frank Wright. Didn't even have to wait an off season. Then Tepper's goes and says, "Yeah, I'm trying to stop the old boy network." Yeah, so he did not hire the uh, black interim head coach who actually turned that season around and Carolina almost made the playoffs. In fact, he dismissed him and then brought in Frank Reich, an old white former quarterback. Yeah, so don't know how you're gonna do those. I don't know how those two things uh, work in the same. They're not. I I think they're mutually exclusive. I'm almost positive they're mutually exclusive. Now I went on to read the article, and he's he was more so referring to his uh, executive staff okay. uh, because his wife is a part of it, and I believe there's two. Uh, black women are part of the executive. There we go. Um, the executive uh, part of the organization, but it was very weird right after that coaching hire to say that with conviction. Uh, so yeah, I, I was just, leave it to a disillusioned billionaire to make that happen. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I, I just want to touch on this real quick. Kellen Moore, the former Boise State quarterback, offensive coordinator for the Cowboys, was released, but well, was fired. And then he took over the job for the Chargers. Within what do you 12, think there? Within 12 hours, he was yeah. the OC for the Chargers. It's almost like someone made a phone call. Like there was, It's there almost was like years. there was a deal in place. Yeah. <laughs> and he was like, yeah, just let me go. I'm tired of being here. Um, I'm tired of fucking working for Dak and Jerry. Hopefully, you know, that works out well for them. Uh, as somebody who's played against Kellen Moore for like the last four years, it looked new and impressive like at the beginning. Ended up looking very stale at towards the end. But one thing I will say, he unlocked something in Dak where he gave him the freedom to, to rip it, rip it. I mean, yeah, which is exactly that's why I've been I've been chomping at the bit yeah. waiting for you to say that. That's exactly what fucking Justin Herbert needs. I so. the white Messiah, white quarterback. Jesus needs someone to lead him through the promised land. Kellen Moore will be Moses in this scenario. I'm just trying to. Okay, I was like, man, how's this going? (laughs) (laughs) No, I think I do think he's going to give Justin Herbert the opportunity to grip it and rip it, but uh, I think it is a little overrated as a hire. I mean, Kellen Moore. There's a reason that people weren't banging down doors to get him to be a head coach. Yeah, I mean, they they were in the beginning, and then yeah, 
eventually the sheen wore off. You wait a little bit, man. Just I mean, even look at all those quarterbacks that go back for a year. Or not even quarterbacks. Yeah, the players that go back to college for a yeah, year. Players, yeah. Coordinators. Like it's like, hey man, you might want to come out in the draft, or hey, as a coach, you might want to take over the head coaching job. job. Yeah. yeah, do the bad rule. Go get that money from the Panthers and then get fired in a couple of years. Yeah, God, idiots. All right, Brennan, next one. Candace Barker signed with the Las Vegas Aces. I was walking through the seats in New this, York, and this was a big deal. This is a huge deal. Um, was she retired? Why is this such a big deal? No, she's not retired. She was a free agent. I didn't think I so. Mean, she had two years in Chicago, and okay, free agency okay, okay. Started yeah, because I was like, I I didn't realize it was a free agency thing. Everyone yeah. was like blasting about it. And I go, yeah, she's an awesome player. <laughs> I remember watching her at UConn. Why UConn? Why is Tennessee, like, Brennan? That's what I said. <laughs> uh, also, she just won a championship like two years ago uh, okay. for Chicago Sky. So she was the most sought after free agent. She won up. No, the most sought after free agent still is Brianna Stewart, who's making her choice. It looks like between. That's my girl from Oregon, right? No, Sabrina Inescu. Brennan, we're going to have oh, to re download you on everything. I know. We haven't been I know, about I the know. WNBA. That, so, so stop I'm just, out of the loop. You're just randomly just saying team names. It's like, Brennan, slow down. Season. I'm trying to contextualize things for it you. It takes me like three or four weeks into the season with you talking about it before I'm on. Trying to contextualize. So she was choosing between Seattle and New York. She went to UConn. Um, Sabrina Inescu is in yeah. New York. John Quill Jones has been traded to New York from the Connecticut Sun. But uh, Kansas go- Candace going to the Aces is huge because the Aces just made a uh, move the other day that looked a little funny in the light, and there's actually some investigation into it when De'Erica Hamby got traded to the Los Angeles Sparks, um, apparently because we all know now that she is pregnant, but it appeared that they traded her because she was pregnant, which is against uh, league regulations. You can't make that kind of uh, decision because of the... Uh, the availability of the player due to, you know, maternal leave yeah. and everything like that. So it was kind of fucked up that they did that. That's being looked at. But they immediately replenished the roster with Candace Parker. So now they're going to have Asia Wilson, Candace Parker, Jackie Young. They were in the finals Kel- last They year, won the they? championship. That's what I thought, yeah. Kelsey Plum, Jackie Young, Kelsey Gray. Like, this team again. And now they have Candace Parker. I mean, insane, See, right? I'm getting it. I'm on, baby. I'm on. I'm on. <laughs> Uh yeah, so um, NHL up there. I haven't I haven't looked into anything. Yeah, no one no one's watching the NHL right now. Sorry, I, let's I move it. on. Fulham. We are watching the Prem though. Watching the Prem. No game this week. We had an FA Cup game, and we we can use that as the new sounder. That is not going to be the sounder. We drew with who the hell we draw with Sutherland. Yeah, Sutherland. we drew with Sutherland. Should have won that fucking for game for the FA Cup. Um, we played Chelsea on Friday, uh, so yeah, that's our next Prem game. But if we uh, beat Sutherland, we're gonna go into the fifth round of the FA Cup and play Leeds United. Uh, we would be favoring that matchup. And yeah, we're gonna stomp Leeds. I was like, bunch of weak ass bitches. Well, Brandon, settle down. Sorry. <laughs> I'm excited. Uh, Leeds just made a, a big acquisition. Actually, actually. Um, they got uh, Weston McKinnon on loan. Weston McKinnon, if you remember, was a is a U.S. men's national team player, one of the most talented, gifted players. Um, they just got him along to go along with two other national players, uh, Tyler Adams, the captain who had a hell of a World Cup, and Brendan Harrison, 
who's a really good young midfielder, but he was like 19, 20 years old. So Leeds is trying to be, you know, U.S. light um, with a very stacked U.S. midfield. So it's going to be interesting to see what uh, what they're able to do in this upcoming season. But that's our next FA Cup game if we are to win on February 8th, our matchup with Sutherland. But Friday, Chelsea. Chelsea. At Stanford Bridge. It goes go. down. Let's go. Gotta say something transition. Oh, I, let's go to the press conference. Yeah. I thought you were going to go right into the sounder. I, I thought I was waiting for you to say, let's go and let's go and to then, the press conference. <laughs> oh, and then with the technical difficulties, I was like, is he playing it? And I just can't hear it. And we'll bring you the press conference in. No, I'm tired. <laughs> Joe, let everyone know where they can find you, brother. Uh, you can find me on the ground in Atlanta. Thank goodness. Um, uh, oh, you can find me on Twitter Decatur, Instagram. Third Ward, what's up? Uh, what? Third Ward, fourth Ward. Uh, fourth Ward. I'm not in the fourth Ward anymore, though. Um, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram. Old fourth Ward. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram, at Joe Dorby. You can find me on uh, Twitter and Instagram, at Joe Dorby. You can find the show's Twitter and Instagram, at Cheering Press. Don't forget to head over to the new low network to check out all the other shows on the network, uh, including uh, Who Does a Pod, which is where me and Kyle and my brother, Yumio, huge shout out, uh, aka Rick, uh, we review uh, uh, movies and musicals and all that good jazz. I'm I'm running on fumes at this point. And yeah. then a new low, the I'm big show. I'm a little punch drunk too. Yeah, so all those good things. Check it out. Anewlow.co. Right. Brennan, where can we find you? At Brennan T. Comedy on all social media. BrennanTComedy.com. Thank you so much to everyone who came out to the one-man show. Uh, that is over. I will now be mailing that footage to Joe, and he will get started on the editing process. So that'll be fun. Um, so look for that coming nowhere. We're just going to use it to send to festivals and stuff. But it'll be fun. Thank you again. At Brennan T. Comedy. Uh, one more thing. Oh, X Drinking Buddy. That's the other thing. My other podcast. I have guests on, and every week we talk about their best and worst drinking jug party stories. Also, big announcement. Matt Fulcheron, Daniel Torado, and I have started another podcast, which will premiere this coming Tuesday. So this will be the uh, – it'll be before our next episode, so I want to plug it here. It's called The Power of How. It's a positivity podcast with three goofy comedians, so check that out. X Drinking Buddy, The Power of How, BrennanTComedy.com, and that's it. Where they shit on Joe for being a big, big meanie. <laughs> that is one of the episodes. We do shit on you for being a big, big meanie. What are we doing, Joe? Oh, sorry. Brandon, get us out. Ah, look, I'm all out of I'm all out of rotation. Brandon, get us out of here so I can get some see, I was gonna make a smoothie before we started, but uh, the Tom Brady news and Beyonce dropped their tour dates. I'm all I'm all out of sorts right now. I'm trying to get a <laughs> second mortgage. I don't even have a house. The game. <laughs> Hello. Hello. I gotta hit the sounder. Shut up. I didn't hit the sounder. God, man. <laughs> Huge shout out, Tom Brady. Huge shout out. My bank Candace account. Parker. I hope it paid. survives this Beyonce. Concert. It will. I'm gonna pay you for the editing eventually. It's okay.